stood up to tempt the Lord and, and uh, test him and his philosophy and his theology and his teaching. And, and he said, uh, uh, what, 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 what do I need to do to be right? You know, what, what, what is the, uh, what's the most important thing? And, and Jesus said, well, what does the law say? And he said, well, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Well, Jesus said, that's great, man. Do that and you'll be okay. He says, but... He, he couldn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He had to push it some more and, 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 and willing to justify himself, the Bible says. He said, well, just who is my neighbor? Who is it that I'm supposed to be neighbor to? Who is it that I'm supposed to love? And Jesus begins to tell the story we're fixing to read. You know, Jesus, when it's through, it's not about who is your neighbor, but who is being a neighbor. And the Bible says there was a, there was a certain, certain man went down, verse 30, there say man. Certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. Let me tell you something. Religion will leave you high and dry. How many times have people been broken, their lives destroyed and tore apart, and listen, they go to church to try to find help, and the church just walks by on the other side. Doesn't take the steps necessary to meet their needs. And, and by the way, people are not always going to come to you with their problem. Sometimes we need to take the initiative and go to them. Say, what can I pray for you? You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says the next man that came, a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him. Does that say initiative to you? Went to him, pouring, uh, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end and took, took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which one now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. At the end of verse 34, it says, And brought him to an end, and took care of him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Precious Lord, please touch us and anoint us. Give us what we... Stand in need of, Lord. Help us to learn to be Christ-like today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I, I've, I've grown up in church my whole life. My whole life. I, it's all I've ever known. I grew up a pastor's son, and, <clears throat> and at 17 years old, I surrendered to preach and, and uh, uh, started preaching on Wednesday night. Uh, every Wednesday night till I went to Bible college, and then and then throughout Bible college, and 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 then my senior year in Bible college, I I, I preached at a, a Methodist church, a little congregational Methodist church in the middle of the woods in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, they didn't have nobody, and I wanted somewhere to preach, and they loved me, and I loved them, and I had somewhere to preach. Say amen right there. And, and, and I was around those folks, and, and then, and then uh, I went back to Florida for a, a short period of time to work with my dad. Then God took me to uh, Long Branch Baptist Church in Barnwell, South Carolina. We were there about three years, I guess, and, and worked with a, a great group of people. God's seen a lot of people saved and things go on. And then now I've been at Temple. Uh, 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 October will be 11 years this coming October. 
and, and, and there has been uh, a lot of ups and there's been a lot of downs and, and there's been a lot of misunderstandings and there's been a lot of accomplishments and a lot of great things. And, 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 and one thing that I've learned after all of that, my whole life of being here on this planet, I have found this out. Everybody that comes through those doors have got issues. Everybody does. Some are more obvious than others. Some can hide them better than others. But there's not one person that just comes through that door that don't have something they need God to do for them. I'm just telling you, everybody goes home. I need a witness. You may look like Ken and Barbie this morning, but you didn't look like that yesterday. Say amen. We all have issues. We all have needs. We all have burdens. We all have heartbreaks and things that we struggle with. And you know, the Bible says that God has called his children to be a blessing to this world. How many of y'all know that and believe that? He has called us to be a blessing and an encouragement to those around us and to share hope. The Bible says, be ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you to your reason of the hope that is in you. And boy, I'm telling you, I don't want to have false advertising when we tell people we care about people. People know if you care or not. And they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Are we going to be the type of church that cares about people? Are we going to be the type of people that criticize or critique people? Are we going to be the type of people that judge people and, and say, you're not just like me, you're not a member of the club, or you're, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have it all together? And you're, or, or are we going to be the type of people like Jesus was that hung out with the people that needed him most? Jesus Listen, he was there for the needy. He was there for the broken. He was there for those who needed him most. And boy, if there's ever been a time that Coleman County needed a church that cared, it's right now. It's right now. There are two or three things I want in the next couple of weeks I want to share with you out of this story about caring for people. How many of y'all, be honest, don't lie, God will let every air out your tires when you get out in the parking lot right now. Amen. How many of y'all want to care about people? You really want to make an effort to care about people. Listen, there's some things I want to share with you. Number one, today, we're going to talk about this. I want you to see the cost of caring. Say that with me. The the cost of caring. It costs to care about people. You know, it costs a lot of things. One thing, it's going to cost you criticism. Now, don't write that down. This ain't in the notes. This is just what God's bringing to my mind right now. When you decide, I'm going to care about people, when you decide you're not going to care about what the brethren think or about uh, 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 what, what, the, what the religious crowd thinks, and you begin to care about people, you're going to be criticized for doing that very thing. You're going to be called a compromiser. You're going to be called a liberal. You're going to be called all kinds of things, but that's okay. I got good news. Jesus was called the same stuff. His biggest criticism was that he cared about people. His biggest criticism was he hung around sinners. He said, this man eateth with sinners. And that's a wonderful thing. Let's hang around people who need us. Amen. It's going to cost us to care about people. Number one, if you're taking notes, it should be in your bulletin there. Uh, what's it going to cost us? It will cost us our, what's that word? Say it again. Say it again, everybody. Prejudice. Prejudice. Yeah, I know where I'm at. Amen. Listen, this man was a Samaritan. Jewish people, and the the guy that was in the ditch was a Jewish man. Jesus is a Jewish man telling a Jewish story. 
dealing with Jewish lawyers and Jewish uh, religious crowd and dealing with that type of people. And he said, look, the, the religious crowd didn't do nothing. But this Samaritan, what's so significant about that? The Jewish people wouldn't spit on a Samaritan if they was on fire. They just wouldn't do it. They were, they were uh, in, in, in slang terminology, they were half-breed people. They were half-Assyrian and half-Jew. And, and they didn't think that God even loved them. Some of them even taught that they didn't even have a soul. They were people that you just didn't mix with. They were just people that you just didn't hang out with. But Jesus said this Samaritan did not care about who was in the ditch. They were just in the ditch. And you know what? If you've got a problem with skin color, you've got a big problem. Jesus didn't die for skin color. He died for man. He died for the lost. And you're not anything but lost or saved on this planet. And I'm telling you, if you're a skin winner, not a soul winner, you're in the wrong place. We're going to have to lose our prejudice. Now, I looked up that word prejudice, and I want to go a little different route, but I wanted to make sure and make that statement so you know that anybody in the, in the planet can come to this church and feel welcome. Prejudice toward uh, the word prejudice, now watch this. The word prejudice means an opinion, an opinion formed without fair examination of the facts. Did y'all get that? It's an opinion formed without fair examination of the facts. Do you know there's all kind of prejudice? There's all kind of prejudice. I mean, you can, be, you can be prejudiced against a lot of things. You can be prejudiced against a lot of uh, 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 organizations. You can be prejudiced. You can, you can form an opinion in your mind and without all the facts gathered and have a wrong judgment about what you're prejudiced about. Now, what are, what are we talking about here? This is what God began to speak to me about. This Samaritan didn't go up to him and say, you know what? If you was hanging out with the right crowd, you wouldn't be in this ditch right now. Boy, I tell you what, if you'd have been with the people you were supposed to be with, you wouldn't be in this ditch right now. I wonder what sin you committed to be in this ditch. I wonder what wrong crap, or I wonder what you did to end up where you are. Let me translate that. How many times have people come into this building and had brokenness or had problems in their life, and you threw your nose up in the air, and you got a prejudice, you got a false opinion, you prejudged them before you knew their whole life. Yes, they have a problem with alcohol. Yes, they may be a cracked addict. Yes, they may be struggling with meth, but you don't know their life. You don't know their story. You don't know their background. You don't know where they come from. You don't know the life that they've lived. And I'm telling you, before you've walked a mile in their shoes, you don't need to be judging anybody. And we don't need to be prejudiced over situations. But I know them, and I know what they've done. I know all of that stuff. But I know a Savior in heaven who said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He said, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. I know a God in heaven said, Whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what sin is in your life. He loves you just the same. And he'll save you and wash you white as snow. And we don't want no self-righteous, hypocrite Christian judging people before they come to to Christ and if you're going to be caring about people if you're going to be caring about people you cannot be prejudiced and form an opinion of their situation before you even know all about it I've seen people in my office brother Bates I've seen people in my office who were on 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 drugs and 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 struggling with that and and boy, I, I, I've seen the way some people look and, and, and look at him and prejudge him. And, and boy, after, they, after they've told me their story, I would have needed to be on it. 
Man, I'd had tears dripping off my face and my jaw would be sitting on my desk and thinking, how in God's name would anybody even, even I'd, would, I'd want to blow my brains out if I was that person. But you know, we don't see that. We just see them sitting under a bridge. Or we just see them in the situation that they're in and say, oh, that person ought to get a job. That person ought to get over it. We're never going to be like Christ if we act that way. Boy, they, they, listen, listen, there's enough churches doing that. Let's not be one of them. There's enough churches here in Coleman being prejudiced and prejudging people. And, and just because they ain't on the side of the tracks, they grew up and they don't have, they got everything right in their life. Let's don't, let's don't be one of them kind of churches. Let's don't be prejudiced against people's situations. Would you say amen right there? Amen. Why? Well, one of the main reasons. I may be the next one in the situation. Brother Griffin, I don't need to kick you while you're down because I may get down one day and I might need you to lift me up. It's amazing how judgmental and pharisaical people that haven't got caught yet. Be careful. Be careful when you throw rocks. God has a way of forming them into a boomerang. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let's not be prejudiced towards situations. This, this man didn't go to him. See, it doesn't matter why he got in the ditch. The only thing is he's in the ditch. Are y'all getting this? See, this is what God showed me. It don't matter why they're in the ditch. It don't even matter. He never gave him a, a survey card to fill out. Can you list the five reasons you ended up in this ditch? No. He's seen somebody broken and bleeding and down on his luck. So I don't care why he's in the ditch. I just got to get him out of the ditch. <laughs> yeah, there's some people turning white as a ghost in here. God will forgive you too. Just ask forgiveness. God knows you was ignorant. Just say, God, I was ignorant. How many of y'all been ignorant before? Come on. See, you're with company. We've all been ignorant before. Let's don't be prejudiced towards situations. And then, then be. <clears throat> let's, not, let's don't do this. Let's don't be prejudiced toward styles. Styles. This one thing right here is crippling more churches in America than anything else in this world. More than sin. More than sin. You get that? More than sin. Being hung up on a certain style of worship or ministry or whatever, thinking that's the only thing God ordained. God can do different things in different ways. Oh, no, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I know he is. But how he does things are different. I don't believe that. Oh, yeah. He heals some blind people. One of them, he spit on the ground, made some mud, put it in his eye, healed him. Another one, he spit right in his eye. Are y'all with me? He did it two or three different ways. Now, here's what, here's what uh, fundamental Baptists do. The one that got spit right in the eye, he'll say, the way you can be healed this morning, you got to let Jesus spit in your eye. 
And then the other fundamentalists will jump up and say, no, 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 that's not the way Jesus does it. No, sir, that's not the way Jesus does it. you got to spit on the ground, make mud, and put it in your eye. And then the third one, no, 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 y'all get the point? It don't all have to be acapella. Hallelujah. It don't all have to be hillbilly bluegrass. Although I think that's preferred by the Lord. (laughs) You know there's a banjo in heaven, tell the truth. Bless God, David invented the banjo, five-string banjo. Amen. It can't be all the Red Book hymnal. I've got, I've got guys on the, on the Facebook, all these young preachers. I want to reach through the computer and slap all of them. If it ain't the Red Book hymnal, it ain't of God. Man, that's retarded. So you're telling me. So you're telling me, them people on the riverbank in Zimbabwe singing to God because they ain't got a red back hymnal, they're not singing to the Lord? Are you telling me that John the Baptist said everybody turned to 333 before he baptized Jesus? Come on now. Do y'all get the point? Well, they're not just like us and they're not right. Now, I'm not against the hymnal, so don't be throwing one at me. Amen. Well, you ain't got one. You can't throw one. Amen. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a standing feud with some of our uh, seasoned saints because when we moved out of that building up here, uh, we we built too big a building and run out of money and couldn't buy no more hymnals, so we put it up on the screen and and we joke back and forth all the time. We went to a revival last week and I called them, I called them. We went to see Dr. Brown preach in Athens, Alabama, and, 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 and everybody, they had the hymn books there, and they had the words on the screen too, and I looked over at them. They didn't see that I was watching, but I called them. They wasn't even using the books. They was using the screen. Say amen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I said, you wait till we get back to church. I got them. I got them. We've been criticized so much for having these screens in the building. It's unbelievable the things people will critique. But let me tell you what the real problem is. The real problem is we're trying to find places to put people. And they're trying to find people to put in place. So they got to try to figure out why you're wrong and they're right because they ain't got what you got. So they got to criticize what you got, because if it ain't, they're doing something wrong. And God forbid we admit we're doing something wrong. And I like it when Jalen sings that, oh, how I love Jesus. And I like that other one. What's that one the Easter Brothers wrote? Uh, Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Man, I love that. But you know what? I can dig that Revelation song just as much. Just as much. But you know what? There's going to be people that miss out on reaching at segments of our society because they're so prejudiced to style and they're not willing to change because they want their preference more than they're willing to reach people. And we don't need to be that way. I have preferences. I have pre- There's a style that I grew up with that I like, that old camp meeting style, you know, uh, quartet style, choir, get it on, let's throw it. I like all of that. But there are people today that's, that's my age that's never been to church before, but the other appeals more to them. What I prefer may not appeal to them as much. 
So if I just get so stuck in my preference that I'm not willing to adjust and, and blend a little bit and have other things, I'm just telling them, it don't matter what you, you can go to hell because I want it my way. I didn't cuss. That's the attitude that's prevailing. If I'm not willing to adjust to reach you and bring you to Christ so you can hear about the gospel, then I'm just saying, because there's only one destination if you're lost. Amen. If we're going to care about people, we've got to be like this Samaritan. We don't, care. we don't care why he's in the ditch. And we don't care that he's not just like me. All I know is he's got a problem. No, he's not my race. No, he's not of my culture. No, he's not the same style as me. He's just bleeding and in the ditch. Boy, that's what we've got to see. Number one, it'll cost us our prejudice. Say that with me. It'll cost us our prejudice, prejudice if we're going to care about people. Number two, number two, <clears throat> put your seatbelts on people. It's going to cost us our purse. Caring for people, it ain't cheap. That may be why the Pharisee and the scribe, or the scribe and the Levite, went the other way. Listen, watch this. This is something God showed me. Something God showed me. Look in, the Bible says, 34, when he came where he was and he saw him, he had compassion on him, and he went to him. And he bound up his wounds, pouring in, everybody say it, pouring in. So first, there's an initial cost right there. Did y'all get that part? That stuff costs money. Do y'all believe medicine costs money? That costs money. The, the initial care costs money. It, there was a cost to initially caring for him. But then watch this. If we keep reading, it said he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now watch what happens. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them. See, that's more. It's more. Two pence and gave them to the host and said, take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, say it with me. I will... Two things here. I want you to see this. And, and I, I've never seen it in this story like this. And God just kind of opened my eyes to this. There was two instances of costing right here. First, the wine and the oil. Then the two pence and whatever it took to finish the job. Do you know there's two things that God wants us to do? He wants us to give tithes and offerings. Tithes is what we take care of the immediate needs. The humongous power bill that's on this place. When you run the air conditioners and there's a pile of them along that wall back there, when you do it all day long because we have people here all day on Sunday till, till Sunday evening, uh, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, people having classes, uh, uh, kids being ministered to, all of that stuff during the week, the training on Wednesday and the cleaning and the whatever, and all this stuff goes on. Your tithes is what's keeping this building air conditioning. And how many of y'all appreciate air conditioning? Listen, it's what keeps this thing going. And it is, it is a monumental task to make this thing happen. It is. Your tithes take care of that. Listen, what is tithes? Some of you are new. Some of you are new Christians. What is a tithe? God gave you everything. God gave you everything. He owns everything you have. And he requires you to be a good steward of that. The only thing he asks back is 10% of what he gave you. You say, am I giving then? No, that's what's already his. You're not giving anything. When you, until you pass that tenth mark, 
You haven't given anything. That belongs to God. From the beginning of time, it's belonged to God. You say, well, does God broke? Does he need my money? No, he, you, he don't need you to give it. You need to give it. It's not about him. It's about your heart. There is a sciatic nerve that runs from your wallet to your heart. How do you know? The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your... Hello? If you don't have a faith that's touched your wallet, it may not have touched your heart yet. Let me, let, me give you, let me give you a verse. The Bible says this, Malachi 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? This is a question. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, where have we robbed you? In tithes and, not just tithes, but tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Watch what he says. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And in other words, that the needs of the tabernacle could be met. The needs of the church, the power bill, the utility bill. Listen, the things that must take place here to make this ministry happen. He said that they may be met, saith the Lord of hosts. Now watch, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many of y'all believe the Bible? How many of y'all believe God can't lie? And watch what he says. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, why would he have to say that? Because they were robbing God of their tithes and offerings. And listen, everything they touched financially was cursed. And because of that, God said, if you will begin to obey me, if you will begin to obey me, I will turn that curse around where it's not taking and it's providing. Last week, we showed a video. If you wasn't here last week, I had a lady come into my office and say, Preacher, I've been struggling with this tithing thing. I was, I was, I was cut back in my house. She was cut back $10 an hour in her job. I mean, struggling that way. And she tried to sell her house for two years. Tried to sell her house, struggling with t- paying tithes. She's been here since May, and God has been dealing with her about paying her tithes, about giving according to what God said to do. And she said, I struggled and I struggled and I struggled. Well, last Sunday, last Sunday, she said, I'm tired of this. God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to be obedient to you. But God, you got to help me with this house thing. That afternoon, did y'all hear what I said? That afternoon, somebody pulled into her driveway and said, can I look around and made an offer on it Tuesday morning? I need a witness. And the house is sold. What are you saying? The moment she became obedient. The moment she became obedient, God turned the curse around and said, now I can bless you. Now there's no sin there. Now I can do for you what I've been wanting to do for you. But God can't do it with sin in your life. And disobedience is a sin. I had another couple come Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon, they said, Preacher, we got a blessing we want to share with you. I said, Pour it to it. I need all I can get. They said, Preacher, we decided to tithe. We've been struggling with that, and we decided to tithe. And she said this, the next day, do you hear me? The next day, she received a raise in her salary. But not only a raise in her salary, she was supposed to get that raise months before and they went and back paid her all of that raise that she was supposed to get months before and tagged it all on one and payow the next day. Yes, give God praise. And if you don't believe me, I'll put her on video too. Preacher, what are you saying? I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. Because when you decide, I'm going to do it myself, your hands ain't big enough. 
How many of y'all heard about little Johnny in, 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 in the, in the, in the, in the uh, grocery store? Anybody heard of little Johnny in the grocery store? Good. Little Johnny was in the grocery store. There's a big ball, big bowl of, of uh, gumballs sitting in, that, sitting in that bowl. And old little Johnny was, he was eyeballing them, them gumballs. And he was looking at mom and eyeballing them. Have y'all ever done that before? Amen. Kendrick, I know you have. Tell the truth. And, 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 and the grocery store manager come by and saw what was happening. He said, go ahead, son, get you a handful. And more Johnny didn't move. And mama said, Johnny, you heard what the man said, get you a handful. He still wouldn't move. He just kept looking. He'd look at the manager and look at the bowl and look at the manager. And that manager got frustrated. Well, my goodness, and reached down there and grabbed and pulled his shirt out and filled his shirt with them gumballs. And they walked out the store and said, and, 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 and mama said, Johnny, why didn't, you grab you some, uh, uh, why didn't you grab you some gumballs? He said, his hands were bigger than mine. <laughs> you know what? When it comes to your finances, his hands are bigger than yours. God cannot lie. You know, I got a thought yesterday. I got a thought yesterday, and I've never thought about this before ever in my life till yesterday. God whispered in my ear. This is the thought. God whispered in my ear, how are you going to believe him to save you from hell if you can't believe him to supply your need and be obedient in giving back to him? Think about that a minute. How are you going to believe him to save you from hell if you can't believe him to provide for your needs here on earth? That's heavy, isn't it? Look, it will cost us our person two ways. It will cost, A, if you'll write this down, for the present needs. They poured in the oil and the wine. I believe that represents tithes. I, I believe that represents what, what we, uh, we are obligated to give back to God as his. It belongs to him. But then not only that, but for presumed needs. Presume these. That's those that are coming in the future. That's for that, that, that area out there so we could open up and, and make more room for people. That's for that missions trip down to, uh, 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 to, to Birmingham to feed the hungry down there. That's for the missionaries in Germany who are going to need our attention. That's those things that are coming up. He said this, I'm going to leave you some more because if it costs anything else, I will come back and pay that too. Now here's what you're thinking. Oh, this is just about money. No, it's not, neither. Because I don't ever ask for money. I don't ever do that. I wouldn't do it growing up. I just have a phobia about that. I'm telling you, I would never ask anybody for I'd starve to death before I'd do that. When I was a kid, I'm telling you, I wouldn't even ask for lunch money from my dad. Now, my sister would ask for the world. And thank God, because if she didn't get it, I didn't need Amen. But if she didn't go to school, I wasn't about to go in there and ask for it. I don't do this. But this is a command of God. This is truth. Some of you are struggling so bad right now because you're not being obedient. And God's saying, if you'll just trust me, I'll turn it around for you. And if, it's gonna, if we're going to care about people, it's just going to cost. Because there are brokenness that we've got to help. There are people, we have calls every single week. People struggling and going through a difficulty. You said, but preacher, we are too. That's the point I'm trying to make. If you'll put God first, God will take care of your needs. It's so biblical. It's, listen, God took a prophet and sent him to a widow, and she had one meal left. 
And God said, if you'll feed that preacher first, everything will be all right. Oh, that sounds arrogant. Read the Bible. It's there. It wasn't about the preacher. It was about her trusting God. And God took care of her through the whole famine because she trusted him first. Church, say amen. Listen, it's going to cost us our purse. Number one, what is, it, what is it going to cost us? If we're going to care about people, number one, it's going to cost us our prejudice. We cannot form prejudice. We've got to care about people right where they are. Number two, it will cost us our, our purse. Then number three, write this down. Write this down. It will cost us our priorities. It will cost us our priorities. The Bible says in, in verse number Verse number 34. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Now, this is, a, this is the catch right here. And set him on his own beast and brought him to the end. Now, here's what I want you to write down. I want you to write down these two things, and then we'll talk about it in just a second. Listen, in our priorities, I want you to write down this. A, I want you to see this. The comfort we protect. The comfort we protect. Now, I don't know about you. But I'd just soon ride my own mule, would you? I mean, it's my mule. I feed him. He belongs to me. I've always wanted a mule, too, by the way. You know, they coon hunt in Arkansas with mules, and I've always wanted one. I don't know. My daughter, when she was little, little Jordan, she always wanted a horse because, you know, you know, Brittany and them got them riding horses, and she loved that, and, 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 and she always wanted a horse. And I wanted a mule. She wanted a horse. And, and we passed by an old mule out there. You know, got them big old long ears. It was cool. And, 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 and came by, and, and uh, I said, look at that horse right there, Jordan. She looked. She said, Daddy, what's wrong with that horse's ears? <laughs> Can't get nothing over on them, you know? I always wanted a mule. This man got his own mule. It's, it's his mode of transportation. But yet, because this man was hurting and broken, he had to step out of his comfort zone to be able to care. You see? He had to step out of his comfort zone. He had to step out of his area of comfort. He had to be, he had to be uh uh inconvenienced to minister to this man. We've got people right now that won't get out of their pew just to go pray with somebody. It's just not convenient. Well, honey, it wasn't convenient to be beat with a cat of nine tails. It wasn't convenient to be nailed to a cross. It wasn't convenient to have a crown of thorns beat down into your skull. It wasn't convenient to be spit upon and your beard plucked out. But Jesus did it all so he could care for you. And all he's saying is, would you please step out of your comfort zone to be a blessing to somebody else? Gabe, I'm going to use you. Gabe's in our, our life group. He's a good guy. His mama's here, so I'm going to brag on him this morning. If he's with people he don't know, you couldn't get a word out of him with a hot shot. Quiet. But if you know him, 
He don't never shut up. I mean, just na 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 na. I mean, like it's like a machine gun. Na 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 na. He don't even take a breath. I don't know how he does it. It's amazing. But with the crowd, he's really a good guy. You might think he don't like you, but which he might not like you. But he, I'm just kidding. In life group Monday. He said, Preacher, I got to praise. He said, I, I was able to pray with somebody. Amen. Talking about down at the, at, the, at, the, at the homeless ministry outing uh, last Saturday. He says, I don't know how I did it. I don't even know why I did it. I don't even know how it got out of me. But I was so nervous. He said, All of a sudden, I stood up and he said, I prayed with somebody out loud. Amen. He hadn't even done that around me yet. You say, why are you saying all that? Do you know how much of a major step out of a comfort zone that was to do? But you know what? Somebody was cared for because a Christian decided it's not about my comfort. Somebody else is in a ditch. They're in a problem. They're broken. They're bleeding. And they need me. I know it's not my thing. I know it's not in my comfort zone and it's not in my comfort level. But they need more me more than I need to stay in my shell. I need to step up and care about somebody. And somebody got help. Because somebody was willing to let somebody else ride your mule. Everybody's got a comfort zone, y'all. Everybody's got a comfort zone. We all do. Some of y'all want to come in here and don't want nobody to speak to you. You're sitting there in the pew and you're thinking, I hope they don't come over here. <laughs> I understand that. I do. I understand that. When I, was at the, when I was with the homeless down there, they had the table set up with soup. I was dipping soup. And April come over to me and said, Preacher, let me do that so you can mingle. I said, I don't want to mingle. I'm serving soup. I tell people this, I'm shy. They don't never believe it. I'm telling you, I want to serve soup. Get away from me. I'm serving soup. <laughs> but how many of us sit in this room right now and you have no idea that somebody beside you might be contemplating suicide? Somebody beside you, their wife walked out on them or their husband walked out on them or their ch- child just went crazy on them. And they're so broken and so hurting right now. And just one act of kindness. Just saying, is there anything I can pray with you about? The greatest miracles that are ever, ever seen in this place is when just something as simple as, can I pray with you about something? Is there anything I can pray with you about? Is there any need you have that I can, I can help you pray for? You know who can do that? Anybody. If Brother Gabe can step up and pray with a total stranger in the middle of a park in Birmingham, we can pray with people we've seen five or six times in this building that you go to church with every week. But you've got to be willing to step out your comfort zone. Because there are hurting people all around you. Do you care? Talk is cheap. Church, say amen. Our priorities. It will cost us the comfort we protect. And we do protect it. But we'll, we'll come in late and leave early. We'll back into our parking spots for a quick getaway. Say amen. 
Let's slow down a little bit and realize God put the people around you to care for you. Care for you. Charlie, I didn't even know that you, 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 you have that medical issue that you deal with three times a week till you came to care. And we was able to pray with each other and care about one another. Our new members in our life group, great people. But you know what? What if we'd asked earlier? Meet somebody new. That's not my thing. Work on it. Work on it. Start with people you do know. You don't have to go to a total stranger. Start with people you do know. Say, is there anything I can pray with you about? Well, why do I need to do that? Because you need to pray, and they need you to pray. And when that prayer gets answered, and they come back and tell you, you'll be running around saying, Woo! I was involved in a miracle. That's better than a ball game. That's better than going fishing. When you, when you pray with somebody and God answers that prayer and they got help and you was the one that helped them, there's nothing like that. Hurting people hook up with helping people and we all get to be church say amen. Lastly, and we're going to dismiss. It will cost us our priorities, the comfort we protect. Then B, write this down. The calendar we pursue. Some of y'all got to quit some of your appointments and your agendas. The man stopped his whole schedule, his whole itinerary to take this man and make sure he was taken care of. I don't know where he was headed that day. I don't know what meetings he missed. I don't know what appointments he was not able to keep. But he set everything aside to meet this man's need. Now look up at me. Don't, Don't shut your mind when you shut your book. Look up at me. Because this is important. Some of us are so busy with our own lives, we don't have time for hurting people. And you're going to find out this. When you stand before the judgment, all this stuff and activity you've got listed down that you've been so busy doing that you don't have time for other people, you're going to find out it's going to burn up in the judgment and you won't have nothing to show for. We as Christians need to learn how to put in our agenda caring for others at the top of the list and then put our stuff down. Because the Bible says if we'll seek first the kingdom of God, he will add all these other things unto us. He will make sure we get what we need if we'll put him first. Church, say amen. Don't be so busy you don't have time to touch broken people. Did y'all catch what I just said? Don't be so busy that you don't have time to touch broken people. Because one day, you're going to be broke. And you're going to pray to God somebody will spend enough time or take enough time to be a blessing to you. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I praise your holy name for your blessing.